Hey, community of faith, I hope you had a good week this week. I know some of you are trying to get back, get the business started. We've been praying for you really hard. Laura and I are so excited about today's message. We're going to be talking about, um, we're closing up the series, how, how to stick together when you're stuck together, like we have been. Um, and we're going to close that out. But I wanted to close it out really practically and talk about how we can restore relationships. And I wanted us to look at the problem that we have in relationships from God's perspective. And then I wanted us to look at the solution to that. And then Laura and I are going to explore with you just real briefly some really practical ways to start to put that into practice. So I'm really pumped about that. Laura, give us a start. You know, across the years in our relationship, and as we've talked to couples down through the years, the biggest problem I've seen in every relationship is that we're all broken. That's our problem. Every one of us is broken, so we have broken relationships. It doesn't matter if we have a traditional family, if we have a blended family, a non-traditional family, whatever crazy family we have, we all come to those families and to those relationships as broken people. It started in the very beginning with Adam and Eve in the garden, and it's come down all these years to us. A couple of weeks ago at Easter, we talked about the fact that Jesus came to be our Savior. But the reason He came to save us was to restore our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That was why He came. The relationship was broken, and He came to restore that, to repair it. Jesus is the ultimate restorer of relationships. By healing our relationship with our Heavenly Father, He restores everything in our life, our wounds, our hearts, our minds, our health, everything that's gone wrong in our life. He restores that for us. 1 Peter 5.10 says, In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you, and He will place you on a firm foundation. That word restore there, it means to perfect you. He will complete you. He'll make everything right again. He'll put everything back into place. He makes you whole. That's what it means to be restored. Restoration was Jesus' life calling. It was his purpose. That's why he came. And as followers of Jesus, it's our purpose as well. In the middle of this messy world, in the middle of our messy relationships, God is calling us to be those who bring healing to our relationships, who bring restoration. Romans 12, 18 says, do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. It doesn't matter really who's at fault. Your role, your purpose, your responsibility is to live in peace with your spouse, to live in peace with your children, to live in peace with those in your life, even your ex-spouse, to live in such a way that you bring them back to Jesus. You bring them to the Father so that that relationship can be restored. You're to be the love of Jesus in every relationship, to lead the way. That's what God has called us to. We probably need to make it our prayer today. God, please help me to think, hear, understand, speak, act like you do, like Jesus does. Make me a restorer of relationships. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done with love. And it promises if you do, your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We'll be known for love as the ones who bring restoration. You know, what is so interesting 
we're broken. I think we all know that today. God wants to restore us and he has this mighty power to do it. What is our part? So that would bring the solution as we cooperate with God. The, the solution is to humbly follow God's way. To, no, matter, no matter what culture dictates to us that we say, God, I'm going to follow your way, your principles. Let me just read you a verse that I read this week that just jumped out at me. It says this in 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23. Now that you have taken care to purify your souls through your submission to the truth, you can experience real love for each other. So love each other deeply from a pure heart. You have been reborn. Did you notice that it said, because you've submitted to the truth. What is the truth? That's God's word. That's God's principles. You can experience real love, maybe for the very first time, and you can love each other deeply. Imagine with me if we walked into a room together and maybe it was at my house and you tried to flip on the light and nothing happened when you flipped the light switch up and I said, yeah, the, the bulbs burned out. And then you flipped it off and you flipped it back on and you kept, I said, yeah, the bulbs burned out. And, and then you just started flipping it on and off. And for the next two hours, you flipped the light switch on and off. And every time you'd say something like, oh, I really thought it was going to work that time. I would know you needed psychological help, right? Now, here's what's interesting. That's what we're doing, a lot of us in our relationships. We're trying these same things over and over and over, trying to, with all of our might, to put into practice what culture is saying to us, this is what works, and it's not working, but we keep on trying it. I want us to replace the bulb today. That's what, that's what we're going to do, is replace the bulb. We've got to use God's principles. Let me just begin with the very beginning. It says in Genesis 1.27, male and female, he created them. This is a, a big clue into some of the issues that we have. Why is communication between husbands and, and wives such a problem? Well, it goes back to the fact that we send each other messages in code based on gender. That's what God is saying. I know culture has tried really hard to say we're almost exactly alike. Everything's like, but what God has said is that he created us very different, male and female, down to the very core of us, the very soul of us, we're different. What I say is not what Laura hears. And what I, I think I heard from her is not what Laura meant. Most of the time, I would say, wouldn't you say that? I would. And, you know, let me just give you a good example. We're outside grilling burgers in the backyard, okay? And, and you're gonna come over and you come over and you, you listen to our conversation and Laura says to me, Mark, where did you get this meat? I would answer, from Kroger, because that's the logical answer. That's the right answer. I went to Kroger and got it. But what if I said, Laura's grilling, and I said to Laura, or I'm grilling, and I look over at Laura and said, honey, where did you get this meat? You know what Laura's gonna say? Why, what's wrong with it? I don't know why, but that's how it works. That's what we do. We do different things. One thing seems logical to me, another seems logical to her, and neither one of them is wrong. But chapter five of Ephesians is considered by many the most significant treatise on marriage in all of the Bible. And the apostle Paul, in writing it, he concludes 
in a very gender-specific verse. Verse 33 says this, Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. He reveals commands from the very heart of God. And he tells the husband he must love his wife. And he uses a word. Let me just read you another verse. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. In both of these verses, he uses the word agape for the word love. Agape is a sacrificial love. It's the love that Jesus showed us when he went to the cross. And that sacrificial love doesn't come naturally to a man. It's interesting to me, however, that Ephesians 5.33 that we just read, it gives no command to a wife to agape love her husband. And I I studied this verse over the years and I always wondered, why is there no command for a, a wife to agape love her husband? One day I read this in Titus. It says this, guide older women into lives of reverence so they end up neither as gossips nor drunks, but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and children. And I thought, oh, okay, so here's the word love. So this is where he's talking about. But, you know, in Greek, there's different words for love. And in English, we only have the one, but they have several different words. This word is not agape. It's phileo, which means a friendship kind of love. It it means um, a brotherly love, Philadelphia, Brother, the city of brotherly love, we get phileo, brotherly love, friendship love, a love full of respect and admiration for the other person. And finally, I kind of had a light bulb moment. It was like, I got it. The way the Lord created us so differently, when he created the amazing woman, he, he created her with a natural ability to agape, love, to sacrifice. The sacrificial kind of love is is a part of her very nature. And God doesn't command the woman to do something she already does naturally. God is not into redundancy. The problem that a, a, a wife would have in the daily wear and tear of constantly sacrificing for her husband, constantly sacrificing for her children, she can almost without realizing it, let the friendship with her husband slip away. Let the relationship with the kids slip away. And so there's this great sacrifice. Everyone knows that she loves them, but there's not a relationship. And it's not very fulfilling. And sometimes even a bitterness can kind of creep in as the woman's thinking, I'm giving up my whole life for these kids and they don't appreciate it. I'm giving up my whole life for this scoundrel of a man I'm married to and he doesn't even see it. And they're thinking, I know she loves me, I'm just not sure if she likes me very much. So he's saying, wives, you need to phileo, have a friendship, love for your husband. I want you to to show that. So the Bible teaches that we're so opposite. It's really totally opposed to what culture is trying so hard to ingrain into us right now. Men and women are different down to our very core. We're equal, but different. And if we don't know that, we're going to try to love the same way that we feel love. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to fail. We have to love our spouse 
in the way they feel love. So this verse says, husbands are to choose to practice agape love, a sacrificial love, a giving up of one's self. Wives are to choose to practice respect. And it's interesting that Dr. John Gottman, who's a professor uh, in the Department of Psychology at the University of Washington, he, he had a research team that spent 20 years studying 2,000 couples who had been married 20 to 40 years to the same person. They came from diverse backgrounds. They came from, some came from great families. Some came from really uh, difficult, dysfunctional families. And they came from all different socioeconomic levels. They had one thing in common, he said, out of all of these, they had one thing in common. Let me just read to you what Gottman says. He says, in each relationship, there was a strong undercurrent of two basic ingredients, love and respect. And Gottman went on to say, these are the direct opposite and the antidote for contempt, which is perhaps the most corrosive force in marriage. But these studies from the University of Washington just confirmed what the scripture's been saying for 2,000 years. Remember our verse from earlier, now that you've taken care to purify your souls through your submission to the truth, you can experience real love for each other. So love each other deeply as we submit to the truth of Scripture over the, the dictates of culture. We will experience a giving and receiving of deep love, a love that we've longed for all of our life, and God knows it. So let's break that down into some practical action. So we're all broken. Our relationships are broken. God's purpose for us as his children is that we would work to restore relationships, that we would lead in love in that way as we humbly submit to God's plan, like Mark said. Ladies, I want you to listen to the game plan that God has for you in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It says, the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. One of the things that I've learned and am still learning is that the deepest need Mark has is for me to respect him. And that's so hard sometimes for me to understand because it's different from how I am. But the way that he feels love, the way that he feels secure in our relationship, the way that he knows I'm fully committed to him is when I communicate respect to him. When you say things like, you're not the man I thought you were, you're not the man I married, or you'll never change, or I can't believe you did that again. You're communicating disrespect to him and a thousand little things like that we do over the course of, of probably a day, but for sure over the course of a week and, and those bonds that tie us together as husband and wife begin to be chipped away. And if we continue to do those things, eventually that bond will snap and the relationship is doomed. It's so hard to understand as a woman because it's so different from how we experience love. The concept is foreign to us. But listen to what 1 Corinthians 14, 11 says. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. That's what happens in our marriages. We're foreign to one another. Mark and I are foreign to one another. I remember when we first moved to Costa Rica, we moved there to study Spanish. We were going to the Spanish language school there. And every afternoon we would go out into the community to practice the things that we learn and, and begin to try to communicate in this new language. And all I remember really about it is that it was so frustrating. It was. 
we would get out and, and have little, you know, set conversations and I would try to talk to people in the community and, and they wouldn't understand what I was saying. And so you know what I would do? I would talk a little more slowly and talk a little more louder. Maybe if I say it louder, they're going to understand me. I would come into <clears throat> some of the shops and go, me llamo Marcos, como te llamas? And, and I started imagining that in English, you know, it's like, my name is Mark. This big old giant guy coming in that they'd never seen before. And, and you know, it's like, oh man, I got a serial killer in the building or something. <laughs> but you know what, louder and slower, they still didn't understand. We weren't able to communicate with one another. And I would go home feeling totally frustrated and totally defeated. But how often do we do the same thing in our relationships with one another? Mark and I speak different languages. And when he doesn't understand and I fail to communicate, sometimes I start speaking more slowly. Sometimes I start speaking a little louder. And you know what? It still doesn't communicate. I still find myself frustrated. I still find myself angry, resentful. I end up lonely. And in despair, honestly, because we can't communicate with one another. I'm trying to communicate in the way I understand, and Mark doesn't get it. And he's trying to communicate in the way he understands, and I don't get it. And we both end up with hurt feelings. What I want you ladies to see today is that if you want to communicate love to your husband, you have to learn his language. And his language, honestly, is R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> I thought that was Aretha Franklin that sang that. She did sing the song, uh -huh. but you know what? It was written by a man. It was written by Otis Redding. And I think that's interesting because every man in your life, whether it's your husband or your son or your dad or your boss or your coworker, they are all looking and listening for respect. They all long for respect. That's how they know that they're loved and appreciated. It's what he values most. And the opposite of that is true as well. He, the thing that is most uh, feared by your husband is your contempt, like Mark said. No husband is going to feel love toward his wife and act lovingly toward his wife if he feels disrespected by her. We just can't do it as human beings. He needs to know that you value who he is as a person in order to be able to communicate love to you. The verse in Ephesians simply says, respect your husbands. It's talking about unconditional respect here. Maybe you've never thought of respect in that way before. I think in our culture, at least I did, I thought respect had to be earned. It had to be deserved. But that's not what the Bible says here in marriage. It says, give respect to your husband, whether he's earned it or deserved it or not, whether you feel like uh, he's worthy of that respect or not, no matter how you feel, the Bible says, give respect to your husband. That's God's way. When we submit to that way, we begin to see change happen. And the Bible's not making a suggestion here. It's written in the command form, imperative form. It's not about loving and respecting your husband's behavior. It's about honoring him for who he is. He's a human being created in the image of God. And because of that, he's worthy of your respect simply because of who he is. You may not understand it, it may not feel good, especially when you begin to practice it. But if you will do it, you will see God work in response to your obedience. So how do we do it? How do you show respect, especially maybe if you don't feel it? 
after all the things he's done to hurt you, after his lack of loving behavior, after the issues that you've confronted in your relationship, how do we do it? I think the biggest key is that we just have to carefully choose our words, our tone of voice, and our facial expression. Respect is communicated certainly through our words, but it is more easily and more often communicated in nonverbal ways. And maybe you don't realize what you're doing. If you ask your husband, I'm pretty sure he'll tell you because Mark has been really happy to tell me. <laughs> but honestly, I didn't know. She used know. to roll her eyes a certain way. <laughs> honestly, I didn't know. I didn't realize the expression on my face made him feel disrespected. I didn't realize that the tone of voice I was using as I sp spoke more slowly and louder was communicating disrespect to him. So ask your husband. But those nonverbal things can be just detrimental to your relationship. Maybe you need to pray and make this a matter of prayer. I know I do. Almost every day I pray asking God, help me communicate respect to Mark. Help me say the things in the way that he interprets it as respect. And it's those little things. It seems so simple, but it's so important to your marriage. Like Mark said, the rolling of the eyes, that's huge. That communicates contempt. Maybe it's, you know, the way you sigh or the sarcasm you use. It can be a simple sound like that. You know, the gesture of your hand, like tss. you turn your back when he's talking to you. All of these things communicate disrespect. And we have to become aware of that. And if you're not careful, you're destroying your marriage just one little sneer at a time. In one national study, 400 men were given a choice. Would they prefer to be left alone and unloved in the world or to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone? 74% said that they, if they were forced to choose, they would rather be left alone and unloved in the world than be disrespected. It's that important to them. That's a huge percentage. 74%. And they're not saying that they're indifferent to love, that they don't need love. But respect is so important to the men in your life. They need it so that they can feel loved. I doubt any of you get up in the morning and think, you know what? What can I do today to disrespect my husband? But do you get up in the morning and think, what can I do today to show respect to my husband? How can I take care with my tone of voice? How can I take care with the choice of words that I'm using? How can I take care with the expressions on my face? If we don't do that, our day goes by and those little things begin to build up. Even the best of wives sometimes say or do things that feel disrespectful. But the key is to recognize when it happens, to seek God's spirit working in you to change those things about your behavior and begin to make those changes. So we have to choose carefully, speak carefully, and manage our actions to show respect. Some of what Laura's saying about how we don't feel it, we don't un understand it, it works for the man and the woman. You know, a, a couple of months ago, Kobe Bryant, the great basketball player, was killed in a helicopter crash and with several others and with his 13-year-old daughter. And when they tried to figure out what had happened, the best they could determine was that because it was such a cloudy day, probably they shouldn't have been up in the helicopter. The pilot, who was very experienced, went into a cloud bank and didn't realize how close he was to the mountainside that was coming up from underneath them. And so when he tried to make a, a maneuver, a turn, he just crashed straight into the ground on the side of the mountain. Now, 
that's what I'm talking about. We need instrumentation. They said the helicopter didn't have the instruments to say, you're about to crash. You're coming into the side of the mountain. And whether it's a small plane or a helicopter, or whatever, if you're on a cloudy day and you can't see anything, you got to have an instrument panel. God's word is our instrument panel. And we've got to focus on that. And the instrument panel doesn't have feelings. It just says, this is what's going on. This is the exact truth. Our feelings might say something different. I know that pilot that day said, I feel like I've got plenty of room. I feel like everything's fine, but it wasn't fine. John F. Kennedy Jr. crashed into the sea on a, what they called a gray day over the, the bay when everything was gray. He thought he was flying straight, actually, when he was in a steep dive into the bay. So we've got to look at our instrument panel and our instrument panel is the Bible. Culture is the fog and our feelings that comes, you know, it, the culture affects our feelings a lot because culture is always trying to put things in, ingrain things in our mind, indoctrinate us into certain ways of thinking. We got to make sure that we focus on God's principles. So men, what is God's way to show your woman love? We read it earlier. It says husbands love, agape love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Let me give you, let me give you an, a, a major example, guys, of um, how we need to know what Scripture says versus what we feel. Right now, some of you, as you sit out there, you are dead wrong about the feeling that your wife is trying to control you. You're dead wrong about that. She's trying to connect to you. Some of you are going like, ah, no, Mark, you're wrong about my wife. I mean, if another man talked to me the way that my wife talks to me, it would be he's trying to pick a fight, disrespect and control. Exactly, but your wife is not another man. She's an alien that you cannot fathom, different from you to the very center, the very core of her being. And when your wife, who loves you with all of her whole heart, sacrificially, agape, when she's negative and offensive, she's crying out, connect to me. Everything inside you guys, all your feelings, they'll tell you she's just being critical. She's being disrespectful. Trust me. Take it by faith. She's desperately trying to connect. And as she tries desperately to pull you closer, you'll feel like with all your being that, that she's trying to get you more firmly under her thumb. Still, I hear you, Mark. Some, some men's wives are trying to connect. Mine is trying to control. You're wrong. You're flat out wrong. And it's destroying your marriage. And I need you to realize it today, guys. You cannot go wrong trusting God's revelation. Trust the instrument panel, God's word, not your feelings. You could learn how to show love in your words, tone, your face, even in the middle of a conflict that would normally send you into some state of stonewalling or, or irritation. See, most men's tendency in conflict is to, to pull back from it, to pull back from conflict. When marriage emotions become turbulent, we can feel like we're drowning. And part of that's just the way we're built with the way our fight or flight emotions just surge through us in a much more powerful way scientists have found than in the female of the species because uh, 
That's how God made it. One man voiced his discontent about the way his wife would verbally emasculate him. His tendency during her flare-ups was to go silent and unresponsive, which would send her through the roof. As he was coached to approach her differently, he reported back his shock at the results. As usual, she became disgruntled and, and, and upset with him with some, over something that felt trivial to him. This time, though, he stopped her and he firmly but gently said, look, honey, you can continue to emasculate me or you can join me on the couch where we can sit down together, talk about this and pray over this. He said the amazing thing. He said it was like air out of a balloon. All the negativity drained from her. Now, if you're one of those guys that's all self-righteous and always quoting scripture to try to back yourself up, that might not work. But this guy wasn't like that. He was, he was saying, I'm moving towards you. I care about you. I hear you. I love you. And he even said, you know what? You're right. I, I was wrong in this instant. She stopped her ranting. She turned and headed for the couch. She sat down. She bowed her head and she just held her hand up for him to hold, to pray. He was in utter disbelief. You see, a woman may seem to be out of control to you, but her real motive is to connect. It looks like she's trying to control you. She's trying desperately to connect to you. When she feels true love coming toward her, her goal is accomplished. That was her purpose all along. Now, the truth for us guys, and let's just admit it, it's easier for most men to die for honor on a battlefield than it is for us to move toward a contemptuous wife in a loving way. Um, when we say, I believe I was wrong, can we talk about this? By the way, ladies, FYI, just a shocker, men hear criticism as contempt, especially if your tone is off. So you have to be really careful how you practice that. We've all got to be honest with each other, but what do we do? And you know, when Laura and I are talking about this, we're not saying, ladies, that you don't deserve and need respect. You do. We're not saying, guys, that you don't need love. You, you do. But there's a driving thing that's kind of underneath all of that, that is that driving need that's causing this cycle going around and around and around. Listen to what Peter says in his book, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. The apostle Peter says, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now, I love this verse because Peter doesn't say, I have to understand, Laura, because that's impossible. The key is for me to come across as wanting to live with Laura in an understanding way. What does an understanding way look like? Let's get really practical. Love her the way she feels love. Some of those understanding ways. Big one. Don't try to fix it. Just listen. Can I say that again? Because... This is killing some of you right now. Don't try to fix it. Just listen. How can you be an understanding husband? Some of the most powerful weapons are right here on the side of your head, your ears. Okay? Listen to your wife. She's much more likely to feel understood when you listen. Laura still has to instruct me because we're just so different. She'll come to me with an issue that's going on and I'll be 
okay, here's what I think you need to do because I'm trying to help her. I love her. I want to help her. I'm going to solve this for her. She says real clearly now, I told her she had to do it every time and you still do, right? I don't need you to fix it, Mark. I don't even need you to cheer me up. I just need you to listen. So I listen. And after Laura has shared her problem, big or small, she feels better. She goes away feeling understood, feeling loved, feeling connected. One thing to remember is that when a wife comes to a husband with a problem, she isn't coming because she wants him to solve it. In fact, she knows exactly what to do a lot of times, and she's smarter than you. You've figured that out by now, right? She's coming to share, to feel understood, to connect. Guys, we tend to communicate for one reason only, to exchange information. And you're out there sitting there, well, why else would you communicate? Get to the facts, share opinions, come to conclusions. So when a wife comes and says, honey, can we talk? It's like, burr, burr, burr. what's happening? You know, I, 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 what do you mean? Can we talk about what? We always say about what? Wrong answer. You know, it just throws our exchange totally out of whack. We, we don't understand. We start to get suspicious. Are you setting me up? What's going on? Some of you husbands out there right now, you're saying, okay, you and Laura talk. What do you, what do you talk about? Well, if your wife is typical, you don't have to carry the conversation. You just be sure to listen. Don't be thinking of tomorrow's appointment or, or, or getting the car serviced or all of that. Every now and then, as you focus in and listen, repeat back. So what I hear you saying, it's what we learned to do in psychology 101, but let me just tell you something. That's so that you pay attention and you're listening. And sometimes you'll hear it. She's, no, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Well, tell me again so I can get this. Another thing you can do, see her. Pay total attention when you're listening. My, my daughter, Sarah, taught me this at three years old, little Sarah. She was a talker, and sometimes she talked so much, she would just talk, 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 talk at three, so verbal, and she would talk and talk and talk, and finally, Laura or I would say, Sarah, can you go talk in the other room? And she'd say, sure, and she'd go in the other room, and I could hear her talking, you know? So she's talking to me one time, and I'm watching something on TV, and I'm going, uh, uh-huh, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. and finally, she reaches up with those little hands, you know, still look like they were kind of screwed on. I love that look, you know? All of my kids look like little Michelin babies. And she grabbed my face and she said, turned it right toward her. She says, Daddy, listen to me with your eyes. I kind of got it at that point. You see, I wasn't listening to her if I wasn't paying attention. And my son, David, I don't ever remember him grabbing my face and demanding, look at me when I'm talking. But it's connecting. It's more than talking, it's connecting. And here's the truth, guys. Listening costs nothing except your time and your love. You love her? Listen. See, when she married you, she thought you were going to be like her best girlfriend. What a letdown for her, right? It didn't work out that way at all. She married an alien that doesn't get it. Every time she tries to connect, you try to solve it. I want you to give her the same undivided attention you would give the CEO of your company if he came in. And you all know that if the CEO, even if he's the most boring guy in the world, you're just looking, yes, sir, uh-huh, listen real close, right? Connect to her. She connects to you. 
If you haven't got that yet, let me give you one more really powerful idea. She connects to you through conversation like you connect to her through sexuality. I don't know why it's like that, but God made us different. And, and ladies, it's true. I mean, that's one of the ways that your man feels connected to you and, and, and close to you. It's not the same for you. You feel connected and close in conversation. So when she says, can we talk? And you say, what do you want to talk about? That's the same thing as if you said, honey, let's make love. And she said, why, you want another kid? It's connection. It's, it's being in this together. Remember, it's not control she's seeking. It's connection. Always ask yourself the question, is my wife coming across to me disrespectfully because she's feeling unloved? Understand that what she's saying with all of that that looks like contempt and disrespect, please love me. Please be here. Listen with your eyes. Craziness. We just keep flipping the switch over and over and the bulbs burned out because we're not doing the right things. When a wife feels unloved, she tends to react in ways that feel disrespectful to her husband. And then her husband feels disrespected. He tends to react in ways that feel unloving to his wife. And you can see how that goes around. Five out of 10, one half of all marriages in church are divorcing. We're in this cycle of craziness. And guys, when you move towards your wife, when you show her you want to connect, even in small ways, Watch what happens. This will motivate her. Of course, you can always grab the, the, the brass ring of independence, right? You can insist on having your space. After all, you worked hard all week and you deserve your time and, and, and your space. And besides, this is the big one. I'm not going to move toward her until she shows me a little more respect. How's that working out for you? You see, guys, it's our responsibility, according to Scripture, to stop this cycle. God's looking at you first and foremost. It's going to pay off big time. One woman said this, my husband has been talking more to me, been more affectionate. I feel like we've been closer than any time in the past. She said the other night, I even felt strongly sexually attracted to him. Your wife will feel connected to you when you share your feelings, when you listen with your eyes, when you're focused when your face shows you want to talk, when you're relaxed, say, let's spend some time together. Not when you're just giving grunting responses, trying to watch Tiger King. So the conclusion of all of this, this whole series, the wisest man who ever lived in Proverbs said this, the heart of the wise instructs his mouth. So do you really love your wife, guys? Then why doesn't your heart tell your mouth? So here's your homework. I told you I'm always going to give you homework. Guys, you get to pick one, okay, of these things. Pick one. Either this one. After dinner, you tell your wife, let's have coffee and tell me all about your day, and I'll tell you all about mine. Now, come on, anybody can do that one, right? Or, honey, what would you think about taking a few extra minutes every night after we put the kids to bed and turning off the computers and TV and just thinking about our day. Then we can pray together. 
either one. Second one's a little tougher, probably pays a little more dividends, but pick one of those if it, and finish it by saying, if it's okay with you, I'd like to start today, tonight. Wives, here's my homework for you. Father's Day is coming up in just a couple of weeks, and if you look in the store, you'll find a thousand cards that talk about how much you love your husband, but you won't find any probably that say, I respect you. So this Father's Day, I want you to make a card, which is easy, you don't have to get out, go shopping, be around anybody with the virus. Make a card for your husband. And I want you to write something in it like this. This is just a suggestion. You come up with your own words. But say, maybe I was thinking about you today and how you would give your life for me. That thought overwhelms me. Thank you for your faithfulness to me. With all my respect, the one who still admires you. Or maybe something like this. To the man I married, you're the most hardworking husband. I'm grateful for your leadership and your commitment to provide for our family. When I'm in your strong arms, I feel safe and secure with all my respect, and then sign your name. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I can't do that now because he just heard you say it. But I promise if you do, it won't matter it won't that matter. I told you to. Still, it still doesn't matter. I know that she learned this. He's going to feel that respect when you give him that card. So let that be your homework. Another suggestion I have is just to, to memorize one of the scriptures from this message today. Maybe in the very beginning, we talked about let all that you do be done in love. Memorize that as you begin to put those words in your mind and in your heart, you'll begin to see your attitude and your actions and your words change. So put God's word at place. That applies in your to heart. you guys also. You can memorize one of those instructions. Will you pray so with you me really today? Love your wife, then why doesn't your heart? God, we are so, so thankful you, always give you for okay, of these things. Just all the things that you've one, shown us and taught us wife, over the course of this series. For the way that we've seen ourselves and we've seen the truth about who we are the brokenness that we have, but we've, Honey, also, you think we've also seen the truth about who you created us thinking. to be. Every one of us unique, every one of us gifted, every one of us designed with your purpose in about mind. Our day. Lord, we pray that in our relationships, in our marriages in particular, pick one of that you would help us to become the restorer of relationship, that we would be the ones that Finish lead in love, and that as we do, today. that we would point those we love My homework for you. to you. God, I thank you for what you've done, what you're going to continue to do in, in a us weeks, and through and us. If you'll find it's a in Jesus' name we pray. But you won't Amen. Say, don't forget to fill out that prayer day. request so that, that we can easy. pray for you. you. We want to do life together with you during this difficult time. We're here for you. Let's join the group out in the lobby.